it gets better. I promise. Today, we have a special guest here. Her name is Marissa, and she actually owns a boutique called Fire Sign Style. Now, we are here to talk about high school because high school is rough, girls are mean, and let me tell you, truthfully, none of it matters. So, Marissa, would you like to start us off? What, what do you want to chat about today? I want to talk about the transition because... High school is truly another world and you think that your entire life is going to be like high school and Mm -hmm. what you make of yourself in high school is going to be who you are for the rest of your entirety existence. Yes. And that is a lie, (laughs) a lie that I've learned that I think everybody learns after high school. And I think that's the best part of growing is seeing that you can change that version of you. I know that I did. I didn't know who I was until I was 26. I truthfully had no idea because I always tried to be someone else. I was always trying to make other people happy. And I never stopped to ask myself, what makes me happy? You know, but high school. Yeah, it's like you're in it. And all you see is the people around you. And you're like, this is it. This is my entire life. Nobody likes me. Boys think I'm ugly. Nobody wants to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just like this, this um, snowball tidal wave of suck. Yes. But truthfully, <laughs> like it gets so much better. So what was your high school experience like? And can you just chat on that for a minute? Yeah, of course. So All right, real talk, and I wasn't even going to talk about this, but I just thought about it. I was, like, severely bullied in middle school and, like, early high school. And it's What did that bully look like? Like, what what was the bullying? I was born with the most ferocious Bucky the Beaver overbite ever. Like, you wouldn't know now because my smile is probably, like, my favorite part of myself, and it's something I get complimented on all the time cost my parents a lot of money and um, I've had a lot of surgeries actually like really teeth extractions gum surgeries yeah like I went through a lot with my teeth and it was something that I was so so self-conscious of all through middle and even like most of my high school experience I had braces for like almost four years and um I got them off like a couple days before my senior pictures and I remember just that year of like my final year of braces as well as like getting my braces off I feel like my life completely changed um because people are unkind like please wear your retainer because I'm about to go get braces again um, because because I hate myself for not wearing I was a retainer freak like they were like you wear your retainer every single day like 24 hours a day for the first six months and then you can wear it like just at night and I'm pretty sure I wore my retainer all day every day for like 18 months Dude, I wish I did because now I need to go back and like get Invisalign. And I still feel like, I feel like that sometimes I'm like, oh, I feel like I need Invisalign just to like straighten out. Like one of my teeth is like a little bit like off. Dude. So please, if you are listening to this and you're about to get your braces off, please wear the retainer because I thought I was too cool. And then my teeth said, ha ha, jokes on you, fool. Mm -hmm. I used to literally freak out on my boyfriend's sister and be like your teeth are gonna shift again she had braces twice for that reason and now she never wore it and once again her teeth are not they're all messed up again and I'm like hmm told you to wear your retainer I I definitely like think about it all the time and I'm like I need to go get Invisalign (laughs) if mine wasn't accidentally burned on my curling iron I'd probably still wear it It, yeah (laughs) so you were bullied for your teeth I was bullied like severely like I'm saying like 
on the bus ride home sobbing because of like people being so mean like I would go home and I'd be like I'm never gonna have a boyfriend like I'm never gonna feel pretty like I just felt so ugly like literally I'm getting emotional thinking about it because that was such like a that was such a hard time for me lonely yeah like and you like nobody understands like your mom's Mm -mm. obviously gonna be like you're beautiful just the way you are she's your mom she loves you and she truly feels that way and believes that but when you don't feel that way about yourself like that is one of the hardest things and like having that confidence and I think that brings out a lot of negative energy in you like I remember Mm -hmm. being like an angry elementary and middle schooler like I was like an angry child because people were just putting angry energy at you yeah and then how do you you can't even combat it because you're like well they're true like Mm -hmm. they're right and I feel like it was honestly this is crazy because I know that this is a lot about mean girls but I feel like it was boys who were the most mean yes boys were the most mean about it it's because boys are really stupid like I mean until you get old and they're like 30 and they can buy you a a Lamborghini then other than that then that's when they're fine but I'm just here to tell you like I've never met I I shouldn't even say this because I don't want to put this in the right but boys in middle school and high school and college and after college are all stupid Mm -hmm. they don't understand life okay like their mom here's I heard this one thing and please if you're watching this and you're listening just take this to heart if you go to your boyfriend's house watch what his mom does because you're job shadowing okay and it's never been more true I love that your jo- I've never heard that before. Your job shadowing. Yep, because boys think that you, you do everything for them. Just like their it's mommies so too. Yeah. Can I tell you my favorite story though about after getting my braces off? I still talk about this because it's so prideful. So there was this one boy, and I'm not going to say names or anything. No, no names. I would never do that. But there was this one boy. Jerk. Who severely bullied me through elementary and middle school. But like we were friends. But he was like really mean to me. Like really mean to me. And I got my braces off my senior year and I was in a relationship for like the first half of my senior year, like a serious relationship. I had, it was like my first boyfriend. We're serious as high school can get. And we broke up and you know, of course you go through a breakup. And so like you start like you wear makeup and you have your hair done and you look really cute every day because you're like going through it, you know, mm-hmm. and you like want to feel your best because it makes I you feel better. I never felt like that in high school. I never <laughs> felt my best. Um, yeah, that was like the small period of time, <laughs> trust me, um, at me having a, a boutique and people being like, oh my God, did you see the way she dressed in high school, like sweatpants every day? Um, so anyway, I went through this like sh- very short period where I, that was kind of how I tried to make myself feel better from mm-hmm. this breakup because I was like devastated. Like it took me a really long time to get over. And this boy who used to bully me severely, elementary through middle, like all of these things, He's like, oh, so like I heard like you and your boyfriend broke up. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, like what happened or whatever. And I was like, oh, it just didn't work out. Whatever I said, you know. And he's like, oh, he's like, well, you know, maybe we could hang out sometime. And I was like, for Sir? real? I'm like, are you kidding me? Because I have makeup on and I'm dressed cute and I got my braces off and I finally have this beautiful smile. All of a sudden you're like into me? Like, absolutely not. I was like, mm, probably not. I don't think I said that. I was probably like, yeah, maybe, but and I think Ick. That, and I think that goes to show you that the people who are bullying you aren't doing it because of you. They're doing it to look cool to their friends. Yes. Because 
when you, you know, when your teeth weren't ideal, he was like, well, I'm going to make fun of him. So I earn cool points. But now that you're smoking hot, he's like, I need more cool points. So I'm now going to talk to you. And I think mm. that that's really important to kind of analyze with people's behavior is if somebody is being mean to you, look who is around them when they do it. Because if it's just them and their home life yes. is tragic and their parents are probably very mean to them and they probably yell at them and they might even beat them. I mean, that's real. Mm-hmm. And they might, their parents might be an alcoholic, right? And that's not an excuse. No. But if they are doing it when no one is around, then that's a them problem. Mm-hmm. If they are doing it when people are around, then that is just a status situation. Absolutely. They want to gain points and they are using you. Now, it does not make it right on literally any, on any level, mm-hmm. but it just goes to show you that none of this has to do with you. Mm-hmm. And yes, those words are hurtful. And yes, you don't deserve them at all. And if someone does come up to you and say something, or maybe you're not invited, or you know they use you as the butt of a joke, you just have to understand that we're going to talk about this briefly, but like that high school is not where their life ends. It's mm-hmm. really where your life begins. Mm-hmm. And if you are kind and if you are cool and collected and maybe you tell them, maybe you tell them off real quick because you don't want them to come at you again, that's different. But here's the thing. Good people win. And if you are a good person, you will be given so much more in life than the people who choose to be mean electively for sports. Yes. So true. It's so true. And I think where that comes in is you work so well, I don't want to say you because not everybody is like this, but I worked so hard in high school to create this version of myself that I thought I was really proud of. And you th- and yes, and that other people would like. Mm-hmm. I, I had a lot of friends. I was a cheerleader, which let me let me segue that I was a cheerleader who did not like the other cheerleaders because the other cheerleaders were not very kind okay question did you cheerlead outside of high school cheerleading I did not okay but I was a gymnast and I played soccer my whole life and I became a cheerleader realistically because I loved football so much that I wanted a reason to go to every single game I love to tumble I love to stun and I was kind of that psychopath in the stands who was like screaming like a psycho because I just loved football. And so my mom was a cheerleader. I always had wanted to be a cheerleader. I wish she had put me in it when I was younger because I just had a passion for the sport Mm -hmm. overall. And um, so, so yeah, I was a cheerleader who I didn't really like the other cheerleaders very much, truth be told. Because they weren't kind. They were not kind at all, a lot of them. So you did it for the sport. They did it for the camaraderie. Right, but of course... It was cool to be a cheerleader. Yeah, like, you got to wear that outfit to yeah, school. Yeah, I was like in my jersey and my hair's straight. I got like my pearl earrings on and like my matching converse in it. Like that was like living my best life. And then there's me. <laughs> and I'm like. And, and yep. the thing is, is that I lived for that. Like I was a cheerleader. Like I said, like I, I had, a, I did have a group, a pretty decent group of friends. And I created this version of myself that I really did think that I was proud of. And then I got out of high school and I went to CCRI for a couple of years. And Which, if you don't know, if you're listening from around the world, that is just a community college. It is basically high school part two. 
A junior college. Um, Because most of the people that you go to school with are either going to go to one of the two state schools, which is URI, the University of Rhode Island. I just flipped the camera off. Sorry. URI or Rhode Island College, Rick. I feel like those are like three places that the majority of students go because they're all like state schools. And you get like assistance and financial aid, all that stuff. Um, And so we went off to CCRI and pretty quickly I realized that that version of me who I thought I was proud of was not any longer who I wanted to be known as. I was not proud of that How version were you of known? myself. What did that look like? God. Um, well, you think I'm just laughing because when yeah. I graduated high school, I this is like, I, I was so weird. I wore gold <laughs> Ed Hardy shoes and a turtleneck and vests. And I would run to my car every single day to beat the buses. And my backpack would go side to side. And I literally would look <laughs> like a turtle. So I was not achieving a cool status at by any means. But at the end of the day, I still was also trying emotionally to fit in. And that's something I don't love about me, right? Or love about me then is that yes. I always questioned my seat at the table because it was always like my seat was invisible. And like, I was like, if I sit down, I could either fall or I could sit in a chair. Like it was never stable, right? It was always like up and down, side by side, questionable. And so that was me in high school. Like, yes, I had like, I wore what I wanted, but I also knew emotionally it took an emotional toll on me because I let so many other people direct me and my energy Mm -hmm. I feel like for me that looked like I was definitely kind of like one of the leaders in my little pack of friends and and I say little but there was actually quite a lot of us in our friend group and I was always the one that hosted the parties and had fires and like had everybody over and I think that's also the maternal thing in me because I'm very motherly like wait so I've never made plans. I've never made plans with multiple people to do something. What? I've never been like, hey. Why not? I've, I never thought I had the authority to do so. Okay, I'm, now you do. I'm 20. I'm going to be 28 and I've never made I plans. I hope you should host like here. Well, I, I don't know. Well, I want to do a vision board party. I would love that. Okay. Like invite like a bunch of us who have been on the pod, like Nicole, yes. and Bianca, Listen, and everyone. It would be so fun. I am literally telling you, I've never made plans. So I think that there's two schools of people. Yeah, people definitely. Who, people who make plans and people mm-hmm. who hope to be invited, but the plans never come. And then you're like, well, now I really can't make <laughs> plans. So I think that that's just very funny to kind of parallel. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. So I, I was the one who did all of those things and... In high school, it was great. And then you get out of high school and you kind of start going in your own different directions. Mm-hmm. Some of us are working. Some of us are in school. We're making new friends with people that we work with. Did you have a job with. in high school? Oh, hmm. I've been working pretty much since I was like 14. What did you do? So I babysat all through like my shorter years I think maybe even like starting in eighth grade or something maybe ninth grade I used to go and I used to babysit every single day after school oh my god my cousin he his name is Zach I'm actually taking him tomorrow for a full day I have not seen like I literally have not seen him in like two or three years which is crazy because I used to see him every single day and I used to watch him throughout the summers too so it started as like an after school thing I'd watch him every single day after school and my aunt and uncle would pay me like a hundred dollars a day he has um oh my god he has cerebral palsy so he has special needs um, and he's l- the most amazing human ever. And so um, 
I used to watch him every single day after school. And then during the summers, I'd watch him like five days a week when they worked and making not a lot of money at all. But um, so I started doing that. And then you were in the eighth grade. How much money did you need? Exactly. Or even high school. How much exactly. money did you need? It was great. I, and it was just so nice. And I loved doing it. I loved hanging out with him. So um, I continued that a little bit. And then even when I became a junior, pretty much like two days before my 16th birthday, I interviewed at Dunkin' Donuts and I got that job. And I pretty much worked full time in high school. Like if I think back, like during the fall when it was cheerleading, I would have cheer practice Tuesdays and Thursdays from two to four. And then I would go into work at 4.30 and I'd work until nine. Oh my God. And then I would work Mondays and Wednesdays. I'd have Fridays off for football games. And then I'd usually work like a six to two or six to 11 on both Saturday and Sunday. Oh my God. I was a psycho you literally but I had the most money out of all of my friends so like if my friends wanted to do something they're like oh I don't have money I'd be like oh, I'll just pay for you like I didn't even care I just wanted somebody to go with like right. to go get ice cream or like food or go to the beach or whatever so I loved it I worked I worked like that forever and I was the one that when we would get like snowstorms and we wouldn't have school my boss would call me up she'd be like hey can you come in today and I'd be like oh I don't know if my car's gonna like make it through the drive like make it out of my driveway but if you want to come pick me up she'd be like yeah I'll take I'll take like my husband's truck I'll come pick you up she'd pick me up she'd bring me to work and I'd work all day oh my gosh always always if there was a shift to be covered I was there I I actually loved it you I hated Duncan I hated Duncan at the time but I think about it now and it was probably my favorite job other than what I'm doing now it was so fun and I have made the most lifelong friends from that job we are all still like obsessed with each other we check in we're on Facebook I've never ever even oh actually that's a lie I worked at Duncan for like six hours and then I told them I quit um <laughs> and I, ne- I and then I never went back the next day and then they kept calling me and calling me and I was like bye so I will just say if you do quit a job that's not the way to do it <laughs> yeah but no. can you text me tell me a little bit about like what is working at Duncan like back then because that was like nine years oh ago eight God. years ago six um, years ago Well, it was made very clear to me that when I turned 16, I would be getting a job anyway and like working a job because I needed to buy a car and pay for things for myself. I've been, it's weird. People don't really know this unless they're close to me, but my mom moved to Florida. Literally, she came and saw me my first day of my junior year. She took pictures, me and my best friend, we took like first day of school pictures at my best friend's house and she got in the car and she drove to Florida and she moved there. My first day of junior year. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, and I love my mom. She's my best, best friend. Like, I'm not angry about it. Like at the time it was a lot of emotion (laughs) and I love my dad. My dad is a provider. He is not a nurturer whatsoever. And so I always had everything that I needed, but I've pretty much been raising myself since I was 16. I've been raising myself. Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, please hold. So it was made pretty clear to me that I was going to have to start paying for my own stuff and I needed a job. So I mean, with that job, I was able to buy my first car. And one of my other things that I pride myself on is I saved all of my change from like October to like February, like all of my change from my tips and like a bunch of my dollars. And I bought my prom dress with that money. Wow. And my prom dress was like $750. Oh my God. If my dad listened to this, he would have a stroke. He thinks it was like 200. Um, That's but anyway, a lot of Do that working change. at Dunkin' right. back then, it was it was hard because it was not the management was not very nice. I have to say that. Like mm-hmm. I was not they weren't very nice. They they told us to our faces that we were a number and we were all re- replaceable. <laughs> like said that. Bless you. Thank you. No way. Said that verbally to us like you are a number. 
And you are all replaceable. I can replace you tomorrow. Wow. Which was not great. Way to make me feel warm but, and um, fuzzy inside. But it was really good money for somebody my age. Mm-hmm. I am definitely someone who thrives on a challenge and I like to challenge myself. So like you have like a drive through timer. People don't know. So like you have to get people out within a certain time. Well, that's frame. why I and always I, go to the drive through and not walk in because there's no timer inside. But I know there's a timer in the drive through. Mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, I know when this is a certain number, you mm-hmm. gonna get in trouble. So, yes. Yeah. And it was like it was like a challenge. And I loved making coffees and making sandwiches. I don't know why. I just really liked it. But, um, and of course you get to eat everything. So that was a plus because I'm a wicked foodie. Um, and the concoctions we used to make, like, oh my God, we'd make like bacon and cheese covered hash browns. And like you put munchkins in the oven and shake them in sugar and you make little dough boys. Oh, wow. Oh my God. It was, and it was a lot of fun. Like we used to have these giant boxes that the cups would come in and sometimes we'd put them like out front next to the counter and somebody would come up to the counter. It'd be like a night shift and all of a sudden you just pop out of it and scare the crap That's out okay. of the customer. And we used to go like we used to just goof around and like it was never a problem. So it was a really fun job. It could be hard when, like I said, management was like not very nice, but overall it was really fun. I have so many friends from it and like I've been to their weddings. Like I've gone to these people's weddings. I've watched them birth children. That's wild. I met my boyfriend of over five years because of one of my best friends from Duncan. Like Duncan has given me all of these like stepping stones as much as I hated it at the time. And I was like, I can't wait to leave this place. I think about it now and I've said it. I'm like, listen, if Firesign doesn't work out and I need to start working a few days a week, I'm going back to Duncan. I'm doing it. Catch me, catch me slinging coffees. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Cause I loved it. It was fun. That's so fun. Okay. So you worked a lot. So much. I was every single day during school vacation and stuff. So I worked a lot. I cheered and I pretty much had, you know, hung out with my friends. And luckily, weirdly enough, once I hit like my sophomore year or like once I got to high school, I used to always have terrible grades. Once I got to high school, I kind of started stepping it up. And then all of a sudden, sophomore year started stepping it up. No. Why do you think they were bad? And then you had ADD. I think I really had like undiagnosed ADD okay so this is a real thing I think we should touch on yeah so okay I literally could not read because of ADD I would like read a passage and then I'd forget what it says and And then read it 16 times yeah and then Mm. I would read something and it would be completely different than Mm -hmm. what it actually says it would be like the duck jumped in the pond and I'd be Mm -hmm. like oh Roger the rabbit ate a carrot and they'd be like that's not it and I'm like okay so I now know I need to live my life through intuition Mm -hmm. because reading is not it for me. But it's important to know if you are struggling in school and if like you read something and you can't do it or you do have ADD, which means like you go to try to do something and you do something else three seconds later, like go see a doctor because they can help you or a therapist. I love therapy. Yes. But like go do something to make your life easier because it does not have to be this hard. And I wish I knew that I wasn't stupid. I wish I knew that it was physically my brain's chemistry. Yeah. I think there was such a stigma. And even back then, like I know some people who were like diagnosed with it, but they weren't just like you as a parent had to fight for it. Yeah. Now one of my best friends, her son is like eight. No, he's nine this year. He's going to be 10. And a couple years ago, she had to fight tooth and nail to get him into a doctor to test him, to figure out he has ADD and to put him on something for that ADD. And of course, at seven, you don't want to put your kid on something to like 
get him to like be able right. to focus. But when he's physically not able to learn and it's hindering the possibilities for his future, that's you, when we have an intervention. Right. You know, the same thing that the same way that we do with mental health. Like mm-hmm. if you are struggling, you are depressed, you have anxiety, you get on a medication, you go to a therapist, whatever, whatever it is that can help you, whatever it is that you need to do. And at that point, usually as an adult, you have to make those decisions and advocate for yourself. When you're right. a child, you need your parent to advocate yes. for you. And if your parent doesn't understand what you're going through or believe in such things, it makes it all that much harder. It does. You know? And yes, it does. It does. It does. And, uh, but yes. So if you're reading something and so you think you were had undiagnosed ADD. Absolutely. And I think the other part of it was some somewhere mentally in my brain. My sister was always a brainiac and... My parents, my parents, yeah. I'm always convinced the firstborn is the smartest. Yeah. My parents, I don't think they realized that they compared us, but it felt like Mm -hmm. I was being compared and that for a long time really affected me. And then when I think I got into high school and we, I started my high school experience and it was so different from hers. I think that's when I realized that we weren't the same and I was allowed to make my own name for myself and I was it was no longer going to hinder me. I was like, you know, I want to get good grades because I want to get good grades. And also I think somehow, some way like a switch flipped from like childhood to adulthood. And all of a sudden it started to become easier to me. I don't know if because I was focused, I was able to like hyper focus on things a little bit longer spurts of time. Mm-hmm. And so it ended up, but you also the needed last year to have easier. better time management because you were doing so many exactly. things. Exactly. So you didn't have all this free time to just like, oh, well, I'll do this this time. Mm-hmm. But you're like, no, I literally have 30 minutes and I need to do yeah, this. Yeah. And I think it was a pressure thing, too. When I when my mom moved and I moved in with my dad, I told him straight out. I said, Dad, two things you got to know. Do not tell me to clean my room. Do not tell me to do my homework. I will do it on my own time. If you tell me to do it, I'm not going to want to do it. Right. And... I had great grades. I was on like the honor roll 4.0 my junior and senior year. I graduated like high honors or highest honors or whatever. Not me. And, and I never had an issue after that. It was like after my freshman year, I had like A's, B's. And then after that, I had all A's. Wow. It was so weird. I don't, I don't even know how. That's good. It gave you the freedom you needed to, yeah. to discover those things. Because mm-hmm. I always say that you don't know the boundary until you've walked over it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that guidance, like I didn't, I had zero guidance growing mm-hmm. up. Like it was basically just me figuring things out by myself. Yes. And it, it, I had to be like, okay, here's this line. I'm going to walk over and see mm-hmm. what happens. And if not, I'm just going to stay back here. Cause I know what happens. Like you have two options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I think honestly, b- even though in times it was detrimental that I wasn't emotionally being like kind of kept on top of, cause you know, I've discovered mental health things in my early adulthood now mm-hmm. that maybe they were being neglected when I was in high school. Cause I didn't have someone who was there who was paying attention to that. I think that overall it made me a better adult because I feel like the kids who had parents who were all over them and on top of them all the time, they got to college and they kind of went nuts. Yeah. They went nuts. Like I, lost their. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I went to college and I kind of calmed down. Like after I really, a few years after high school, it was like, no, I don't need to stay out till midnight anymore. No, like, that's I'm literally in bed by me. 10. Yeah. Like yeah. I, it made me in a better adult because I took care of myself. Mm-hmm. I, even though I was out doing those things, I never got in trouble because I wasn't doing anything bad. I was just, you know, living this free life and kind of figuring out like 
those boundaries. Like you right. said, like what, where can I push a boundary? Where am I crossing a boundary? And things like that. And it's made me, I think, a more accountable adult. Um, yeah, because you I have that not, opportunity. But you do not seem 25. Thank you. I get that a lot, actually. Like, it, it's it's crazy. Thank you. I love that. I, I appreciate that. I literally, I'm like, what? What was yeah. I doing when I was 25? Thank you so Crying much. Crying on oh my, my floor. God. Um, yeah, I, and I feel like it's because, like I said, like I've been doing it myself since I was like 16. It's like I've been fully raising myself for almost 10 years. Wow. I mean, I was literally the same way. My parents got divorced when I was 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. And after that, all of my parental guidance went out the window. Yeah. Like they were there, but they weren't mm-hmm. there. Um, and it was just, and it was like, okay, it's me. And like for better or worse, what my sister went through, she was, I think 12 when she moved in with my dad out of her choice. She doesn't, her and my mom don't really get along that great. And, um, she's been doing it since she was like 12 and she's right. 28 now. So like, yeah, and I think I get like my parental guidance when, where my dad was missing. My sister was there. Right. So, like if I needed like something, it's always been my sister. It still is. She's kind of like my voice of reason. And also that's why I live in her basement right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think obviously where you start from with your home life and that nature nurture is kind of what leads you to where you're going to be. And I feel right. like high school is that middle part that's a little blurry and a little scary and a lot of pain where you like want to be an adult but you literally can't do anything yeah and then you get out of it and you're like okay now I finally have the freedom to choose who I want to be do what I want to do see where I want to go and you make that realization that high school is not real no high school is just like a semblance of like what you think you want to be and you wanting to be maybe if you want to be cool or you want to be invisible or you don't feel like you have a rightful place like you've Mm -hmm. said like that was hard for you Mm -hmm. and then you get out of high school and you're like none of that matters because now you have the power and it gets better yes to be exactly who you want to be and make a life for yourself and not give a single crap what anybody else thinks Mm -hmm. realistically yes okay we are going to end this with the speed round what are Three things you recommend everyone to have in their closet. Basic t-shirts in all different colors if you're colorful. If not, whites, neutrals, whites. Um, something to go over them, whether that be sweaters, jackets, jackets, or like I love kimonos. Yep, just like I this. love a jacket. And you need to have at least one pair of jeans that you're absolutely in love with. You can have a few others that like you don't you, really care about, but there has to be at least one favorite pair. And no matter when or where you're wearing them, they make you feel good. Okay, that's real good. Okay, so... Basic tees, overcoats, mm-hmm. and one pair of jeans that makes you feel like a, a rock star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can always add on top and accessorize. Yes, yes. Okay, because I was definitely lacking all of those things. I thought I needed like 97 pairs of jeans. I thought wearing the no. same pair of jeans was weird. Um, I have three pairs. Three pairs of jeans. I have three pairs that fit. Yeah, that's it. I have a lot of pairs, but I only wear two. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's it's funny. It's like, I used to wear those, but I don't I don't like mm-hmm. them anymore. Yeah, no, I have three that fit. I have other jeans. I will fit. also say, um, I used to love a jegging, and now I hate a jegging. I like structured pants. And I think yeah. it's because my body has changed. When I was yes. real, like, tiny, jeggings worked because I didn't need structure, mm-hmm. but now I need structure. And um, so I like real jeans now. And I think it's less about what's cool and it's about what you feel good in because I would love to try all of the other trends of jeans that are in like the boyfriend jeans and like the flare leg and all of this stuff. Um, 
they don't look good on me. Mm-hmm. So I stick to skinny jeans. I don't care if the millennials or the Gen Zers on TikTok make fun of me. It's well, what people I like. listening to this podcast would probably make fun of you. Yes, it's fine. Yeah. I also have a side part. You want to talk about it? Oh, no, I can't. Okay, so here's the funniest <laughs> part about this. I moved to California and my hair, the 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 earthquake, the equator just moved my part in the middle. <laughs> I didn't even choose it. It just it fell and then thankfully I just went there two weeks ago and my side part re-gravitated itself where it needed to be well you want to know what's funny is that I noticed people really notice it because sometimes I'll like do this and I'll wear it the other way and people are like did you do something different with your hair and I'm like you look different I parted it differently and that's it that's all it takes so listen never wear a poof though okay thank you everyone (laughs) remember it gets better so much better thank you (laughs) 